I'd invite y'all to pray with me. Gracious and holy God, as we take this time to stop, um, to turn from the things that command our attention and our energy uh, so much of the time, and instead turn towards you and your word. God, we pray that you could help us just be present, um, present to you, present to this moment, present to the word that you have for us this day. God, send your spirit um, to make these words of Habakkuk's fresh and alive for us in our time and age this day. Um, move through them as we seek um, to better understand who you are and who we are and the ways we are called to live this life in the time that we have. God, we're grateful for you, for this time, this space, and for the gift of your spirit. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So over the next five weeks, we're going to read the entirety of the book of Habakkuk together. It's pretty short, y'all, so don't stress out about that. It's one of the books of the 12 minor prophets found in the Hebrew Bible. Habakkuk was a prophet during a time when there was so much was not as it should be. And his book is this dialogue with God as he faces that reality on behalf of his people. So let us dive into our study together by turning to the first four verses from the prophet. Habakkuk chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 listening together for God's word for us this day. The oracle that, the Habakkuk, that Habakkuk the prophet saw, Lord, how long will I call for help and you not listen? I cry out to you violence, but you don't deliver us. Why do you show me injustice and look at anguish so that devastation and violence are before me? There is strife and conflict abounds. The instruction is ineffective. Justice does not endure because the wicked surround the righteous. Justice becomes warped. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Amen. So the girls and I donned our pink and got in on the fun, beating the heat wave we have been suffering this week by spending an afternoon at the movie theater this week to watch the Barbie movie. The premise of the movie is that a Barbie land exists where the Barbie dolls and their friends Ken, Alan, Skipper, and Midge, to name a few of Barbie's sidekicks over the years that make it to the big screen, where they live in their dream houses, in their dream world, with the assumption that the real world, where children play with them, is equally dreamy, which they believe is thanks in part to the role Barbie has had in that world. Well, a Paskin's piece in the New York Times on Barbie and the movie's director, Greta Gerwig, reveals the details of Barbie's origin story that is pointed to in the movie. When Barbara Handler, 
who worked with her husband to create the Mattel toy company out of their California garage in 1945, eavesdropped on her daughter and her Barbara playing with paper dolls as she saw little Barbie Handler and her friend changing their outfits as they imagined the dolls different careers and personalities. Ruth realized there were no three-dimensional dolls that let girls explore being grown women, only baby dolls that encouraged them to practice motherhood. In time, Handler worked to fill that void. And in 1959, Barbie, a teenage fashion doll for eight to 12 year old girls, debuted in a black and white bathing suit. Soon she would be a fashion editor, nurse, flight attendant, executive career girl, and astronaut each in an exactingly crafted outfit down to the miniature zippers. Barbie was created to expand the possibilities for young girls and the women they would become. In Barbie the movie's dreamland, the dolls live out that reality as doctors and sanitation workers and nurses and construction workers and Supreme Court justices and even president which they assume they have helped to create over in the real world as well. The problems begin for Barbie, however, when the truth of what is happening in the real world seeps into Barbie's consciousness and her life goes from being perfect and dreamy to something altogether different. In the middle of a perfectly choreographed dance number held at a perfect party in her perfect dream house, Barbie asks out loud, do you guys ever think of dying? By the next morning, her perfectly high-heeled arched feet have fallen flat, her shower water is cold, her waffles are burnt, and instead of floating from the top floor of her dream house into her dream car, she falls two stories to land flat on her face. Something about the real world is interfering with her dream world. And it takes all of about 12 hours for Barbie to begin her lament. A lament is what we find in these first four verses of the book of Habakkuk. My gut tells me that our prophet from the ancient Near East had been waiting for an answer from God about why things were not as they should be a heck of a lot longer than Barbie's 12 hours when he pins that question that has been echoing in the hearts of people since the beginning of time. How long? Lord, how long will I cry out for help and you won't listen? Unlike Barbie, we don't have to drive a dream car captain a dream boat, pilot a dream spaceship, operate a dream snowmobile, hang out in a dream camper, ride a tandem dream bicycle, or rollerblade our way onto Malibu Beach to come face to face with a world that holds cause for lament. We may try to purchase any number of those same things to create a human-made buffer between our consciousness and the hard realities of our world. But if, like Habakkuk, we are paying attention at all. The violence and injustice in our world are hard to miss. 
Habakkuk's lament is a familiar one. There is so much in our world that is not as it should be. And so we turn to God and ask, how long? We cry out and deliverance does not come. There is strife, conflict, and justice does not endure. It becomes warped. Habakkuk questions God and God's instruction, the Torah, the law that has been handed down. The wicked surround the righteous, and so the instruction is ineffective, for the wicked are not punished, and justice does not endure. Violence, conflict, strife, injustice continue. There is no dreamland here. Things are not as they should be. I cry out, we cry out, the world cries out, and God, you won't listen. How long must we wait? How long? How long? I'm guessing some of you have gotten in on the pink crazed fun of the Barbie movie already. And those of you that haven't will have to decide whether or not to take the plunge into dreamland. I honestly was pretty ambivalent about it until I read Paskin's piece in the Times that revealed that Barbie was going to be so much more than a toy company's marketing puff piece. It was one of the more meaningful movies that I have seen in some time. Because in the midst of all the pink and the sparkle, it took this really honest look at what it means to be a woman in the world today. And not just that, for Ken holds his own honest face in that movie as well. Somehow it holds all that is broken and unjust, all the places of strife and conflict, you can almost hear the echoes of that same question, how long as the scenes unfold? At the exact same time, it also captures the beauty and the blessing that persists in this real and broken world that is ours. Paskin shares that when Barbie's director, Greta Gerwig, was growing up, her Christian family's closest friends were observant Jews. They vacationed together and constantly tore around each other's homes. She would also eat with them on Friday nights for Shabbat dinner, where blessings were sung in Hebrew, including over the children at the table. May God bless you and protect you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. May God show you kindness and grant you peace. Every Friday, the family's father would rest his hand on Gerwig's head, just as he did on his own children's, and bless her too. She says, I remember feeling the sense of, whatever your wins and losses were for the week, whatever you did or you didn't do, when you come to this table, your value has nothing to do with that, Gerwig told me. You are a child of God. 
I put my hand over you and I bless you as a child of God at this table. And that's your value. She reflects, I remember feeling so safe in that and feeling so like enough. She imagines people going to the temple of the movies to see Barbie on a hot summer day, sitting in the air-conditioned dark, feeling transported, laughing, maybe crying, and then coming out into the bright heat. I want people to feel like I did at Shabbat dinner, she said. I want them to get blessed. At least for me, she got what she wanted. For as I walked out of the theater into the summer's heat, I truly felt that sense of blessing wash over me. It's a blessing that can only come, can only be received when one knows that they have been truly seen, when someone has listened to their story, has heard their cry. Friends, the world is not as it should be. There is too much violence, so much strife, conflict, too many people whose value doesn't measure up to the Barbie-sized yardsticks our culture holds. And yet, in the midst of all that brokenness, there is beauty and sparkle and light. There is love. There is grace. There is a table set by a God who welcomes us just as we are, week in and week out, who will stand above our weary and wanting bodies, our downcast and drooping heads, and will listen to our lament, will take in our cries, behold our pain, and place hands over our heads and remind us that at our core, we are not a collection of brokenness and pain. We are not victims of injustice nor perpetrators of oppression. We are neither the wicked nor the righteous. At our core, we are simply gods. God's children who can wail out questions born of our impatience and fear, born of our pain and struggle, and somehow, some way, find ourselves blessed. Blessed in the midst of all that is wrong and beautiful and broken and sparkly in our lives today. So that the echoes of our hearts Hold both the question and the blessing, both the beauty and the pain, both the darkness and the sparkle, both the brokenness and the healing. How long? How long? How long?